Hey guys, this is Josh Peak. Welcome to the Josh Peak Show. I'm your host. Uh, today we interview one of the brightest and most successful uh, network marketers and entrepreneurs uh, in the space, uh, Lisa Grossman. Um, we get into some really interesting topics. How we're, uh, you know about the network marketing space, where it's going, and where it's at. Well, I've started also a thing called the Peak Challenge, um, and in this challenge. There's a, key, a few key components that I've used to be successful in my business and launching businesses. I'm going to teach about marketing, nutrition, um, podcasting, and how to really communicate and get your message across to a huge audience in a fairly quick way. If you're interested in that, go to joshpeak.com forward slash peak challenge. joshpeak.com forward slash peak challenge. And I think you're really going to enjoy this. We've got a really good group already started uh, that that I we're masterminding with other entrepreneurs. Uh, very generic, but we train on some very basic and then high level things as well. Joshpeak.com forward slash peak challenge. Thank you and enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, this is Josh Peak. Welcome to the Josh Peak Show, where we interview entrepreneurs, other podcasters, and high performers. Um, and so today, I'm I'm really excited because I have uh, someone on that I respect highly in the network marketing space, but also as an entrepreneur. And we've had many conversations. I've learned a lot uh, from her, and um, so I think you will too uh, once you uh, you hear who we're having on. So it's Lisa Grossman. Uh, Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Josh. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, you just got back from the GoPro event. I uh, how did. did it, go? it was an amazing event. It was the 10th anniversary, and true to the brand, it was incredible. It covered all the myriad of emotions, a lot of education, a lot of connection, some interesting keynotes from outside the space, and a lot of the best from in the space sharing tips, tricks, secrets, hacks, and strategies, and then getting to see a lot of old friends. It's like a big family reunion for me. So all in all, a wonderful, wonderful event. I'm going to have to go next year. I know you and I talked about I've that. already have you on the list that you are going next year. So it's, that decision's been made. So that's decision's been made, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going. I'm excited about that. I have a lot of respect for Eric Worre and what he's done uh, single-handedly. I mean, he's – He's, um, I remember back when he started that, when he started the blog and, and the, and, I was and the, the blog person sign up really? and spoke at his first event, which had 200 people and three speakers, which I was blessed to be one. And I've spoken at everyone since. So it's been a lot of fun watching him on this journey, but Eric has a unique ability to take the seemingly complex and bring it down to simple terms. It can be then converted into actionable steps, and he brings a lot to the space. And we're very lucky to have him doing what he's Well, so how long have you been in the network marketing space? I mean, I mean, obviously, quite uh, I just a while. celebrated in November 31 years of being affiliated in the space, and I've kind of covered a gamut of roles you can play in the space. About yeah, 31 years, same year Eric started, as a matter of fact. Wow. So what are you seeing today? Like, I mean, obviously when I started, it was 2000. Well, actually I started in 97 when I was in high school and, and then I came back in 2001 after I graduated college. And so obviously I've seen a lot of things change, but not comparatively speaking to what you have. You've been in a lot longer than me and you made, you built relationships with, I mean, anybody I talk to in the network marketing space base uh, that that's a leader, they know you. I mean, they know who you are, and so your names come up a lot. And I, you know, whenever I get to finally meet you, uh, I, I learned a lot immediately. I mean, it's like you sow into people, or you have me anyway. Uh, you sowed into a lot of wisdom, and I'm like, it made me think, examine, you know, what it is if, if we join this space again, because I've been out for a few years um, to look at it a little bit different, so I can see why you're successful uh, because you bring so much wisdom to the game, but. So what have you seen that has changed? Obviously, technology's changed. Um, but have you seen um, anything else change in the industry? Um, well, 
human nature never does. Yep. So to me, long-term success really always comes back to universal principles and philosophies because there's a million ways to make a million dollars and there's a bunch of different ways to start a company. But really successful businesses in this space in particular are based on interdependent relationships because you can't build a huge organization by yourself and you can't really have it all dependent upon you because then you become the system. And the fine line for a lot of people is, you know, in the early late eighties, early nineties, when the industry was had a great influx of very talented professionals out of the real estate industry and other industries that suffered reversals, um, a business mind of being able to create income very quickly sort of started to permeate the space and that brought good innovation and it brought some things that weren't so good because a lot of those strategies might have made money quickly, but they didn't foster the development of long-term growth and building a sustainable business because network marketing, no matter what anybody else tries to make it, is first and foremost, when it works well, a, you know, a part-time side gig that most people enter into to make extra income where they start basically sharing a product, good, or service with their friends to make a profit. And over time, by sharing with other people how to do the same thing, uh, going on a personal growth journey, becoming more than they are, that has no limitations as to where it can take them. But over the years, a lot of people started to believe that the business itself was the opportunity and it became very much about selling that. And while that can create revenue and create a lot of people joining something and can send numbers way up and create some big checks quickly, it doesn't typically result in long-term sustainable brands. Yeah. What I've good. seen is the industry is coming back to its roots and it's doing so at a 10 times factor because of the advent of social media, which allows people to get further reach more efficiently, more expeditiously for less money, if not free. Um, it's gone global. The product quality has gone up, up, up because of social media and people's initial ability to really do their review, no matter who they may be, and get it out into the public space. And also because of millennials who have a different approach when they look for things and because we are now living in a side gig economy. And while there's many things that people can do individually and have great success, there aren't a lot of things that tap into the unlimited ability to work with the world at large in whatever capacity they want to see to plug themselves into the, the vision of the community as like network marketing. So I think you're seeing the numbers go up. I see that you're seeing the quality of the product go up. I think obviously anybody being able to join it, you're seeing um, you know, a lot of confusion. I think there's a little bit of a leadership gap today that didn't exist three years ago. But all in all, to quote Eric, I think it's coming out of the garage, and I think we're at the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen with the space over the next decade. Well, that's interesting, because that's what I was going to ask is, I love the space. I love the model. What I've seen is exactly what you just said, and that is the only negative is, I think, if there is one, um, but it also presents an opportunity, is there's probably, and, it, and it's not just network marketing, it's any industry is sometimes you see a, a, a lack of good leadership of folks that are leading the company. Sometimes you see better leadership out in the field, but those are not the people you'd want running your company. But I've seen some companies um, that have been ran by, well, they're like, well, we're fortune 500 people, this, that, and the other. Well, why are you still not a fortune 500 person? You couldn't make it in the fortune 500 realm. So now you're coming over into network marketing using that tag. Uh, but but, there, but with that being said, there's some great, there's some great leaders too, like the company you're involved in. There's some, I mean, tremendous systems, also good leadership, innovation. Um, and what's crazy is I think, you know, after you and I talked, I was always a recruiter. So oh, going, yeah. Right. So now going towards the product and the customer, which that's what it should have always been about really is, is driving sales through real customers. Uh, it is a different model, but I think what you're, what I've seen, what you guys have done, and and there's others, but really what you have done 
uh, with Facebook groups and the communication mechanisms and um, you guys have done some really innovative things. Uh, not to mention you guys are great communicators and great leaders. Well, I think one of the challenges when people look at network marketing and start out familiar with it is they tend to try to compartmentalize things that aren't, should never be compartmentalized because they're part of, a, of an overall strategy. I'll give you an example. You can pick any company you want in traditional business, uh, Walmart, McDonald's, a Fortune 500 company. I think they run on parallel tracks all the time. Of course, their primary focus is building a brand where a majority of people or a large percentage of the market share for whatever it is they do, like to use their goods, products, or services based on the value proposition they bring to the marketplace. And then, of course, they want to retain that user base and grow it. I think that's normal business. But I think if, you know, from Google on up, but I think if you went and talked to the people that run those companies today or in the past, they would tell you at the same time, they were always looking for talent that could come mm -hmm. inside, come to work with them, be part of their organization to further the mission, to broaden the scope, to fine tune, to get better, to be able to innovate. And so in network marketing, people always try to get this separation between customer and distributor and which one should you be and which conversations should you have. A business conversation is going to entail it all because all those components are necessary to have a good business. Mm -hmm. need people that run the, the build and run infrastructure that know how to do so effectively, efficiently, cost effectively, um, make the ships run on time, so to speak, operations. You know, any good business will, will have a forgiveness curve, but good operations delivering to the marketplace, what you say you're going to is very important. That's any business. Any business needs to have creative, innovative people always keeping their pulse on the finger of the marketplace, always trying to improve the messaging, communicate better, make the customer feel better, create more value uh, for the customer. That's in business. And of course, any business needs a customer base that buys from your brand versus another because of the way you make them feel. Because today, most products are in fact commodities. The day of being like when Mercedes first came to the U.S., everybody wanted to drive a Mercedes. It was the it car. And Mercedes could pretty much do whatever they wanted, treat you however they wanted. They had a waiting list, and you were going to dance to Mercedes tune. But today, you know, I makes an it car, and um, BMW makes an it car, and Lexus makes an it car. They're all very itty. And if you walk into Mercedes and they're rude to you, you can walk out, walk down the street to BMW and not lose one heartbeat of prestige or itness by buying their car instead. So today it's much more, you have to have a good product, but it's much more uh, than the, uh, being about the product. It's about the product experience, which is everything wrapped around anything having to do with that product and the consumer experience with the company, which is the company experience. And whatever level you play in business today, it's also a buyer's market for employees. If you are not taking care of your staff and treating them well so that your employees have a great experience, they're going to go work for somebody else. If you're not taking care of your customers and giving them a great customer experience, they're going to go uh, buy, it some, buy a like product somewhere else. If you are not presenting opportunity for your mid-level management to grow with your company and have an ability to see where they can reach the top, they're going to go somewhere where they believe that they can. So today we are confounded with more noise than ever before, but also more choices than ever before, that's forcing product innovation and product improvement and, and product quality. But it's also forcing companies to understand that the consumer always had the power, but today they know it because of social media. That's pretty good. That's, and that is, that's 100% true. So I guess that brings my next question is, um, you know, because I think a lot of people have said because of social media, because of the internet, this, that, and the other, it's easier to get people. It's almost easier to make more money than ever. It's also easier to spend more money than ever. We have Amazon and everything else, right? So it may be, I'm not saying it is easier to recruit people than it ever has been, but if it is, then it is it also easier to lose people and lose their focus. Well, I think that first off, I don't ever like to use the terminology get people because most people don't ever want to be gotten. Enroll, um, yeah. You know, so, and I, I understand the language and I use it myself. I just, I think language matters. I think it's very right. important. And I think yeah. today, everything you say or do is captured, whether you want it to be or not, somewhere. So I think we have to be cognizant, not only of our intent, but of the way we 
say things to make sure that our intent is what is you know, communicated effectively. But I think that human nature doesn't change and percentages don't change either. So yes, today, the ex ability to expose uh, concepts, ideas, products, personalities, et cetera, is probably 10 times or more what it ever was. And because of that, the numbers are going up and people are creating more revenue and companies are creating more revenue than ever before. Having said that, it's also cruel because you're seeing companies win out out of the marketplace because they don't meet the standards of you know, excellence that consumers have come to depend upon and they use up the grace period that they have without improving and you know, it pushes them out of business quicker. So I think everything is happening at a more rapid pace. But what it really comes down to is what are you trying to accomplish? And most people get into network marketing with the intent to make money mm -hmm. and so focused on their own goals that they, that they lose sight of the fact that the money is made here when you help other people achieve their goals and you become very good at providing, uh, filling gaps and providing step-by-step -step instructions, almost employee type instructions that a, sell, a new starting part-time entrepreneur can follow while they learn to expand their thinking and think differently because an employee mindset brings a lot to the table if it's guided well. They're used to showing up at a particular time. They're well-disciplined because if they don't, they'll lose their job. But they are not used to self-starting. They are not used to having to uh, do a lot of things that you have to do when you go out into business for yourself. And, and understanding that road and understanding that a business's success will always be determined by the lowest common denominator, but driven and, and, and corrected by the high-level thinker is is the road to success and it's true in network marketing more than anywhere else mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point that's a real good point so do you see <clears throat> i mean are you seeing that companies are adapting to this because obviously oh absolutely i think you can take gopro yeah. as an example many most of the people on the stage you know for a lot of people that are old school or came in i would say um in, into the space earlier then let's say 2012, 2013. But after, like, night, you know, before, before, like, the early 80s when we had the first financial crash, because they see it a little bit differently. They see the business as, you know, getting people and recruiting mm -hmm. and recruiting and recruiting and recruiting. And they never, never really understand that it's about building a brand because there is no such thing as residual income in network marketing. There is only repeat and repeat orders um, the foundation of them have to be based on gee I love this product and I want to use it forever just like every other brand that has stood the test of time it can't be based on I think I'm gonna make a lot of money because that limits the amount of people using it which limits the revenue and also tells you that there's an expiration date the minute they lose, they lose um, interest in an opportunity and it can't just be people that are excited about staying qualified because they're in a business. It has to be on people that could care less about a business. Go walk around your house, open your cupboards. There's a million products that are, are that you have a particular brand that you are loyal to and buy on, on a continual basis and will do so unless they make you angry or you feel like you're mistreated, which we shall change. And you don't have an interest in working for any of them. Couldn't tell if, if your life depended on who the president of that company is, who the chief marketing officer is, what you know, their revenues are, unless you have to own the stock. And people somehow forget that first and foremost, although the method of distribution is different, although it allows everybody to be a partner in the success of the brand, network marketing is first and foremost a business subject to the same rules um, and profitability requirements that any business is subject to. Mm -hmm. And you can know get a start new brush fires where other people quit and you can hide a multitude of sets for a while fail around the world at such a furious pace that it looks like you're succeeding because nobody notices that now you're in seven countries uh to do the volume you used to do in two but when all is said and done much of what people go out there and do is so focused on themselves that you cannot build a great company if the if the deal you're worried about every day is the one that's best for you because a good deal is only a good deal when everybody 
involved in making it come to fruition and making it, you know, extraordinary in its outcome, it has to be like it has to feel like a good deal to everybody who's contributing to whatever level they are. They have to feel like it's balanced and fair and, and valuable, or it doesn't work. Right. So do you think that, so then on a list of things to look for for a network marketing company, would you put product number one? No. No? Nope. It's not about, pro you know, because you could be a terrible company with a great product and it's mm -hmm. equivalent to having a Picasso that sits in your closet. That doesn't guarantee success. Mm -hmm. Well, that's first what I was just thinking. Yeah, so that's what I was The first too. thing you look for with a company is who is the decision maker for the company. I mean the decision maker. I don't mean a president that was hired by somebody else who's the decision maker because today this president gets to make decisions, but next week they could fire him. And now what do you have? Mm -hmm. The vision and the intent uh, and the commitment level of the ultimate decision maker, the owner, that's the first and most important thing because it's the one thing you can't change. If a company has a bad product or a product that doesn't take off, they can find another one. If a product goes through a lifespan, they can find another one. And many, and most, Legacy companies have done that. They've, they've been able to come out with breakthrough lead products every three to five years to, in, to keep themselves current, both in and out of network marketing, particularly in network marketing. So I'd say that's the first thing you look for. Because if that, per, and then look for who they surround themselves with. Because every great visionary, every person who's world class at something has deficiencies. Do they build out a team of people um, that are as good at what they do? as they are at what they do. Mm -hmm. Are they motivated by their vision and is the vision compelling and huge or are they more threatened by having people that are super confident around them? Because if all of that is right, um, the comp plan is really immaterial as long as it incents the behavior you're looking to desire uh, to grow and, and, and propagate in your field. Because I've made money in every comp plan there is. That's why I've never looked at any of them. Because the job remains the same. And there is always going to be a lot of money for the person who makes a great contribution, spreads the message, and, and increases the volume. But if there's too much money for, for people too quickly, um, it's a, at what cost? Mm -hmm. So that's the, fir the, the first thing. Then look for your, if it is a good company, fiscally responsible, good leadership at the helm, uh, a compelling vision that can be articulated well delivers the probably you know, the basics if all of those are covered the next thing you want to do is see if it's something that not only makes see somebody wants to do things because it makes sense or because they think that they're on the cutting edge this is a very personal business it tugs at your heart it tugs at your head it requires great amounts of your time and all of that's easy if you are creating a vision that is compelling and that keeps you awake at night and gets you up in the morning. So if it's something that you love, that you are passionate about, and it's a product that you can tell that honestly, you can't live without that either, then that's what takes a good company, of which there are many, and makes it a great company for you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I look for. Because if I don't, can't, if I'm not, I don't have to agree with me, I don't have to agree with them. But if I'm not in alignment in values and in particularly in value of people, with somebody who's running a company, I can do the job, but it becomes a job and I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the, the, what I need emotionally on the tough, tough days to keep me wanting to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see? Um, I mean, well, let me go back to this question. How are you building your business right now? I mean, you and I have talked about your success. It's, it's, it's one. It's It's higher than one. I built my business the same way I really built every business, but in network marketing, I finally had to understand um, how to implement some things that we all always thought should be there that social media has allowed. But I build my business based on expanding the conversation about the product, starting at the beginning. It all goes back to that. If you start at the beginning and you trust the process and you don't try to shortcut success, but rather leverage what you know to create systems where massive amounts of people can eventually talk to massive amounts of people, you're going to have success. So to me, it all starts with exposing people to the lowest common denominator, which is the product that you market, whatever it is. 
you know, take anything in the world. Um, Neiman Marcus, I bet you there are more people that wear Neiman Marcus's clothes or shop at Neiman Marcus than any other group of people associated with Neiman Marcus brand. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Walmart. There are more people that shop there than any other association. The people that shop there will far outnumber anybody who is a vendor, uh, actually works for the company, um, is married to a vendor, you know, any of those relationships you'll have 40, 50 times as many people that are nothing but consumers. Consumers, And so that's where it should start because you wanna cast as wide a net as you can to capture something. And it will dictate the conversation that you have. You know, so that's where it starts. And then you just work with those, you marry the process, you divorce the result, you um, recognize that you're in the choice business, you start, the widest net to the lowest common denominator that covers the greatest amount of people to invite people into the conversation and then see based on what they decide at each stage of the conversation you continue to work and show people more uh show the people that choose to find out more more people don't need to know as nearly as much about your product as they are about your business to use your product so why would I want to give somebody who I have no idea if they're even liking the product, the whole full-blown presentation about something they might not be interested in? Chances are it's going to end up in a zero outcome for them and me, a waste of their time and a waste of mine. So um, that's what we've done. And today you can take care of the customer. The customer really is king because mm -hmm. of things like Facebook groups and a multitude of ways to communicate with people and share information with them and get them in front of experts that aren't you and you know be getting yourself on tape so that you can always be there to explain at the time you hit it the best you put all those things into play to accelerate a winning formula but the winning process is start at the beginning as you walk people down the road and let them dictate how far they go but always ask them questions so that you can find out what that is does that make right. sense yeah no it makes complete sense and i think that was missing Maybe not completely, but it was missing in the earlier days. Whereas today, like I've watched what you've done. You've shown me, okay, here's a Facebook group for this, which then leads into this and leads into this. It, to me, you can get more information. You can get more information across uh, to more people faster than you've ever been able to do. And it's more seamless, I guess, would be the easier way to no, put it. And that's absolutely true. But if the, but if the messaging is incorrect, right, people will right. just fail in front of a larger audience faster. Mm -hmm. I think that network marketing, if you go back to the very beginning of it, was always that way. And I think it was always represented in party plan and companies you maybe never heard of. It started in small towns where people trust each other, so they didn't have to be slick and they weren't worried about being great presenters because how great a presenter do you have to be if you're, you know, you're going back to see your high school coach and he's coached everybody in the town, you know, to share with them something that you're excited about or to ask for his help to try it. So networking was a very natural business that started in small towns early on. If you look at the companies that are 40, 50 years old, and they have huge consumer bases. It was in the 80s that it took a turn, but everything goes circular in life. Pendulum swings one way, it swings back the other way, and the technology gets better, but the story doesn't change very much. Mm -hmm. Today, thing it's all happening at an accelerated pace, but it's the same story. Yeah, you know, it was interesting in my mind when you say coaches, small towns. You remember in the 90s, uh, Excel Communications was almost like that. I mean, it came through Tulsa, Oklahoma, just like a, a, just like a fire. I mean, but it was, it was football coaches. It was small town people. Uh, it was something that was, at that time, it was. Some of the most successful businesses I built, you know, in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, we're all small towns. I had, well, you know, I say I, I mean, there's so many people involved in all of this. And I have to say that today, most of the things I'm doing, I learn from the younger generation. I just have a different perspective than they do. So I apply it sometimes a little bit differently as they do in this in reverse. But some of the most successful businesses I had, I mean, we had groups that were so big uh, when we were in Wisconsin that we had to do the meetings at the Eau Claire High School because the auditorium was the only building big enough at that time in Eau Claire, Wisconsin to put 800 people 
in a room. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome. Small town people run from slick. They don't like to be lied to. They don't like to be hustled. So it was a very authentic, which made people it made it very relatable. Uh, people, the testimonials rang true. I'm not going to say that they were all true. I'm not going to say that the ones that were in big cities weren't. I'm just saying there was an, there was a trust factor that is really necessary to build anything of longevity. There's a difference between selling somebody something and entering into a long-term relationship that's going to create something larger than you started with with somebody. Yeah, that's a, that is that's that's true. I come from a small town, so I understand that. And you know, a lot of people, and a lot. Well, you know, you've been in Oklahoma. There's a there's been a lot of success stories come through Oklahoma. Uh, from Ada, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, outside of Tulsa. I mean, we've had some big success stories come out of this state in the network marketing industry. Um, and it's exactly what you said. I mean, some of these guys, I mean, you know them. I mean, some of these guys were just really good. They were in a car driving from town to town to town, but, you know, doing presentations, and they're really, really good at it. Um, and their message was good. I think they're pretty much authentic. And, you know, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Facebook Live. We didn't have what we have right now. You and I on our podcast, we didn't have that. Um, but anyways, which brings this me to my next These are point. all about belief. Mm-hmm. And people that truly believe in what they're doing, believe in its ability to serve others, believe that the end goal is to get everything you want by helping others to achieve and do better in their lives, that sends one kind of messaging and results in one kind of business. And people that really don't believe or have lost their belief are still capable, but that creates a different type of business. It's a scarcity-minded business versus an abundance-minded business. And I think the industry went through a period where everybody was suffering from so much fear of loss that they turned it into a recruiting game because that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't need to recruit a lot of people to build a huge organization. Mm-hmm. You know, you can t- I don't, you, you can build, you can group build a group that has five thousand people in it, a community of five thousand with five people. Now you may recruit fifteen people to get the five that see what you see that want to run with you. You may recruit fifteen people, and one of those five maybe three levels down from you that you discover working in depth. But it doesn't take a large group of people to impact and influence a large group. Of people. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I've seen it happen. So what, when, what years are you talking about that you, when we saw more of a fear of loss, more of a recruiting game? Are we talking like the two or Twice. You saw it the first time in the 80s when real estate and everything took a crash. Um, and a couple of companies were around at that time, Excel and you know, National Safety Associates that weren't what – and by the way, I love consumable products. But back then, uh, network marketing was a different place in terms of its respect level and perception and acceptance among the general population. And a lot of the companies, people would view them kind of as that lotion potion thing and think, I don't want to do that. But there were companies that were selling more services and stuff coming out of the ground at that time that, you know, that brought a lot of people into the industry that had lost everything. And they were sharp and smart and really attracted people like themselves and weren't really that focused on that part-time person who's really the thermostat for the success of a company. And then yeah. it happened again, I would say, you know, and a couple of times since, but it happened radically again in 2008. 2008, mm-hmm. though, was the first time that when the economy went down, network marketing went down with it. In the past, the economy going down was always a boom town for network marketing. And I think that was largely because it had become so commonplace to um, sell the money, to get on the phone and every call was about, let's go make money with this new company. The product was almost secondary. Um, The comp plan took up the majority of the conversation. So in 2008, when people weren't spending money because of the crash, there really was no consumer base in love with the product to continue buying it. And the, the distributors that may have loved the product had bought so much because they were recruiting uh, distributors at a much higher ratio than customers compared to any, to any type of a sustainable business that they all had a the product and didn't need to buy more. I remember those a lot days. of big companies you know, turn the wrong corner in the, in the next three years between 2008, 2011. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember those days. I mean, that was, and there was a lot of money made in those days, you know, in that time. There as was well. a lot so, of money made, but there wasn't a lot of wealth created. That's true. That's true. Well, and people that's what it comes back to is what are you trying to build? I'm back in the space in the field because I've done everything in the field you can imagine. Jack of all trade, master of none. And a lot of my building uh, in the field has been overseas since 2004. So this is the first serious build that I've had that a large percentage of my business is in North America in probably 12 years. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons was I didn't see the sustainability. I wanted a sustainable business. And yeah. that's what I see today is I see companies that you know, a lot of people might go, well, that's not fast enough or that's not great enough, but they are literally coming out of the ground with good innovative products and a good opportunity for the part-time person, uh, often women, because that's comprises like 80% of the, of the field that we're working, to be able to work from home at their own speed and to be able to bring that extra three $500 a month into their homes without having to completely reinvent their lives, dedicate to running around from place to place like we did in the old days because we tended to put everybody on the career track in network marketing. That was the, that was the dream we sold. That was what we saw. And it's very narrow. And, and the backbone of anything is the, especially this space, is the part-time people who are either limited in time or limited in income why should they give their time and their money, either as a customer or as a would-be home-based business person, to your opportunity? What's in it for them? So you need a sustainable path. And sustainable income can only come from consumerism. That is ongoing and repeat. So you need to show them a path to sustainable $500 a month that they can see themselves doing without reinventing their life. And then once they do that, they may in fact expand their vision and want more. And today, companies are recognizing that. They're bringing products that create attraction. They're, they're putting in programs that are, are simple and relatively easy to follow. They're cognizant of the fact that there's a lot of noise and people going a lot of different directions. And the ones that are doing it are winning very big. Well, which brings, I have two questions left and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so the one question I have since we're talking, I mean, I've watched so what you, well, you obviously got back from the GoPro. You come from, you, you've seen it all as far as the earlier days and then where we're at now. So are you seeing more of a hybrid? I guess my question is what percentage do you see that most businesses are done through social media, Facebook lives in private groups versus um, in-home presentation still, and is there that still would a be a very difficult question for me to answer industry-wide because there's so much diversity mm -hmm. in the types of products, programs, and and implementations of process in network marketing mm -hmm. that it goes from one spectrum end of the spectrum to the other. So let me tell you what I see successful companies doing. Okay. They're all following pretty much the same process because it's the process that works. You know that's why I keep saying start at the beginning. Um, Start with the lowest common denominator. Nobody wants to start a book in the middle. You feel very uncomfortable if they plucked you from kindergarten and dumped you in the seventh grade the next year. Yep. Um, the companies, they have an identity. They know, their, they know their story. They know who they are. They're not trying to be all things to all people. They look at what other companies, uh, if you want to call it competition, is doing insofar as what they can adapt and um, deploy to improve their own, to, to enhance and improve the fulfillment of their own vision, but they don't lose sight of their vision. They have a process that can be implemented. You know, you and I right now are talking, um, we're not using the video, but we're talking on Zoom. Yep. It's free. We're in different states. We could be doing video uh, broadcast to Facebook. Could, yep. To, um, for the world to see for free uh, versus 30 years ago, 25 years ago, we would have been spending $250 to get a conference call British for one hour with 100 lights. And people would have been three-winged into it in such daisy chains, we would have sounded like we're in East Outer Mongolia. But the message would have been predominantly the same. Mm -hmm. So the process doesn't change much. I think it's a multitude. I think that high tech is amazing. I think absent high touch, uh, 
again, your longevity is going to be iffy because there's no glue. People want to connect with other people. You know, so many people have collections of names, collections of Facebook friends, but very few connections with anybody. And they're looking for that. So I think that the, great, the greatest companies are allowing people to replace running around town at the onset of it with being able to do things online and being able to extend their reach and being able to get into maybe a living room you wouldn't have been able to get into in the past unless you got on a plane. But I think that the good companies are also utilizing home parties, although they've taken on a different um, you know, facade today. Uh, they're utilizing product seminars because people want to understand the products. They're utilizing executive lunches, but they're more get-togethers. I think you see all of these things happening as well as conference calls and in-person, but it's all what you're comfortable with because people are, the best tool is the one you'll use. So if you have a good process and good tools um, and good leadership, people can find a way. Let me tell you a GoPro story. There was a gentleman, uh, Curtis actually connected with him through Tom Chanel, and he made a great deal of money in the industry and had a great uh, residual, i.e. a lot of repeat customers over and over and over again business. And he retired 12 years ago and he had so much time money. He decided he wanted to come back. And when he came back, it's all these kids and his vision with Facebook and lives that he didn't know from any of it, wasn't on Facebook, never did a live. And he invited a bunch of people over two years ago, he invited people over to his house because that's what worked for him. And he and, and people that he invited was, of course, his tribe. And they invited people over to their houses, so on and such forth. And just now it's tapping into out of his direct sphere of influence. So people that look like me, sound like me, do it like me to a more mainstream audience and it's going, it's ending up online in his organization, but he made $800,000 last year and wow. doing it the way that he'd always done it. But what he does, although it may look different, it's essentially the same thing. It's always been the same thing. There are people out there that are looking for life to be a little bit more convenient, a little bit easier, a little bit less stressful, a little bit of extra money. 80% right. of the world in fact. See, I feel like I felt like I was born. I mean, I, I there's so many things that you can look at in life and go, man, I'm blessed. And whatever it is, I mean, when you were born, you know, who you were born to, certain qualities that you have, this, that, and the other. But for me, I was I was born at a time to where so it was, you know, I graduated '97 in high school, and so it was the internet was just coming. It was it was early, but I saw the old school form of network marketing and loved it. And so I learned from some of the very best influencers, uh, speakers, leaders. But then when the internet came, like what we're doing now, a podcast, but we could be running, like you're saying, we could be running this across Facebook Live. The Facebook group thing, that was probably within the last few years that came really, really big. And you guys are doing it impeccably. You know, just it's the, the way you're doing it's awesome. So I felt like I was born in, in a, where I was in this industry <clears throat> from the old school and the new school. I can relate to both sides. And so to me, it doesn't matter which way to go. Like we could do an in-home presentation. We could have a, we could have the spirits event center in Tulsa filled up, or we could be doing a, a Facebook live or inside and of me, a the Facebook message group. is going to be the same. It's going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads into my last question. And that is the millennials coming into this industry. Um, what do you see the difference between them? I mean, we, we um, saw it with some other companies that did really good. They did really good, but it was short term. Well, um, I don't think it has any, I don't think their success or failure had anything to do with, well, let me put it a different way. I think millennials are coming into network marketing in droves for a number of reasons. But the first is, because I started relatively young in network marketing, and I wasn't particularly you know, well-respected by people that were older than me. I mean, it was kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, this kid. I didn't let that stop me. Today, because of social media and because of the fact that millennials operate with different philosophies, they're not, you talk to them, oh, you got to go talk to 20 people. Oh, okay. I'm in 27 chat rooms. I can make one post. I can go on Instagram. So they don't have a scarcity of people to talk to. Yeah. Or, and, they, and they don't see it as one. They're not afraid to go post on Facebook. It's the way that 
it's the way it's the language they speak you know so for a lot of us doing things that are like you know me getting on facebook initially was like i speak third grade italian and now i have to go speak in italian i'm very self-conscious where the, these millennials are native italian speakers if you will the analogy mm -hmm. but also they're driven by different things they're driven by you know for the most part their social consciousness is higher so they're not as easily manipulated by what other people think so they demand good products and if the products aren't good they don't have a fear i'll just go sell another one so they're forcing companies and distributorships and people around the world in and out of network marketing to pay close attention to something more than than just the product that you're selling because more than ever they are making it um necessary for people to do what they've always should have done make me feel valuable make it personal for me make me feel good make me make it relevant for me or i'll just go somewhere where they do and that's yeah. how millennials operate so that has been a big game changer they have a much higher comfort level because due to massive exposure you see you know 12 year olds becoming millionaires on youtube so they don't feel too young sometimes at 23 they feel too old you know because they've waited so long so i think that that's a big difference but i think the biggest difference you see in the industry today versus back then and this is what gives me great hope for it i think network marketing at its best and if you look at the long-term companies you'll see this was always about filling a need in people now, i don't know i can tell you at any given moment anytime anybody ever signed an application from the dawn of time until today exactly what they were thinking when they did it. what they were thinking was there is something i want in my life that i don't have there's something i want to be able to buy or something I want to experience that right now is not happening to me. And I don't, I don't think so, but I think it's, I don't know, but I think it's possible that with this group of people that are sitting in front of me, if I sign this application, that I might be able to get it. That's every single person when they signed their first app that was mm -hmm. going through their head. If they were really looking at it, that hasn't yeah. changed. But what's neat today, so it was always a side gig, but today we live in a side gig economy. And I think what makes me feel so good is today there are a lot more options for a person who legitimately doesn't have a lot of money only can put in maybe 10 hours a week to start uh doesn't have a big sphere of influence yet to go out and start a business on the side back in the days when amway and and herbalife and, and new skin and these and well Luca, these legacy companies were first starting there really was no option for people other than that were marketing if it was to be entrepreneurial to a large degree because their scope wasn't big enough to, to, to build anything for the investment they would need. Today, these millennials have many, many, many options, as do regular people, for things to do from home, things to do online. And what I love is the numbers of people that are choosing network marketing, even with all of those options, tell me that it is still the best thing for the largest amount of people to change their life with where their past shouldn't dictate their future, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that and makes that, great sense. I think, is the big difference maker. All the innovation is forced now for learning to go out of the garage and get better and be more cognizant of its most valuable asset, which is its people, its customers, its distributors, and its constituency, because companies don't generate a dollar of revenue on their own. They just create environments for revenue to be generated. Mm -hmm. The fact that so many people are choosing it today all over the world tells me that I wasn't wrong 30 years ago, even though it's been a crazy up and down, the good, the bad, the ugly, the insane journey, that it, I was right. It is, it is worth it. It is a game changer for the average person around the world. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you with that, I'm, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this, this right here is what every one of our conversations sound like. And I think a good podcast if you listen to Joe Rogan or you listen to uh, Adam Carolla or you listen to, I mean, listen to Howard Stern or Rush Limbaugh, you look at the conversations these guys have um, and it's just a good conversation, but you bring so much value and, and wisdom. Um, I really appreciate it because I could go oh, on. You're I, sweet. Could, Thank you. I could do this for hours with you seriously, because I'm sitting here. I guess one of my strengths is I know how to, you have to ask the right questions to get the right answers, right? You're a very good so, interviewer. I've done more than my fair share and I really enjoyed this one because 
it was a real conversation about real things, not just you know killing air with small talk. Yeah, well, I like to get to the. I like to. I'm learning. I mean, when I'm asking you questions, like it's not. I haven't bullet pointed these out. I haven't. I haven't pre-done. I, I mean, they just come to my head, and I'm going, okay, well, then let me ask her this. And it's real questions. What I know, real people are. They're asking, like, they're you know, I. I believe in network marketing. I've been out of it for a few years. Uh, you and I have talked about doing some work together. Yeah, you've been you've been on a sabbatical. Nobody ever really gets out. Yeah, I haven't been out. Okay, you're right. And uh, but I have taken a sabbatical. Um, but it's just like any competitor, like uh, or anything that it, it's hard to sit on the sideline and you're like, I, I'm ready to get back into and do something <laughs> like this. And um, but I like, like helping you guys. People. Yeah, you I do. Like helping, you like helping people to change their lives. And have you found anything better than network marketing to allow you to do that? Um, no, really. I, I mean, I haven't either. I mean, I, I do great, work. You know, let's yeah. face it. You're going to make money whatever you do. There's a million ways to make a million dollars. But there aren't that many ways to help everybody, no matter where they're starting, get onto an unlimited list that can take them anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I like what you guys are doing, your team. Uh, I've watched what now, you guys are doing. There's a lot of teams doing, doing it. A lot of Credit and that goes obviously to the team, not to me. I just support them, but I'm mm -hmm. learning more than I'm teaching these days because, and that's what I love about best. It keeps you young, it keeps you, it keeps you learning. Sure, no, it does. I mean, it definitely does. Um, so, anyways, well, Lisa, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'd like to do this again sometime. In fact, Anytime. I'd like I'd like to do a segment uh, here and there about the network marketing space. I'd love for you to to be on and and answer questions. No, I know I, people I'm have honored. Anytime you, you ask me, I would certainly um, love the opportunity to share. And I thank you so much for having me. Well, cool. Well, uh, anyway, so where, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? Um, you know, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Lisa Grossman or Lisa Fader Grossman. Uh, two S's, two N's in my last name. And if you message me on either my business page or my motivational page or my profile, I respond to all my messages. Mm -hmm. um, well. I want to be absolutely clear. I respond to all my messages that are, you know, people wanting to talk to me. I do get some rather strange things on Facebook. I do not respond to at times, but if you ever want to talk to me, I'm a phone call or a message away. Cool, cool. Thank you again, Lisa. I really appreciate it. You have a good Thank rest you. of the day.